Maybe at work? In the car? Wherever you are. Geocache Talk podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com and by AMS Travel Sales. AMS Travel Sales is proud to offer hosted geocaching tours and cruises. Join us as we hunt for geocaches on our travel adventures. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Well, hey, everyone. It's time for Geocache Talk. Whether you're at work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give it a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn Radio, or Google Play. You can get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the music and our patrons, Demon Hunter 2, Aggie Jedi Master, Electric Water Boy, Joshua the Geocaching Vlogger, Nick at Cashley, One Kind Word, Ravenclaw Tia, Shermanator 18, Butterfly Girl, Loon Trackers, The Aussie Geocacher, Sodak Zack, The Deadliest Cachers, Terrell 2, Neil Moore, Molly the Geocaching Dog, Team D&D, Geocaching Adam, Peachy1276, the No Code Geocachers, Curiosity Girl, Tick Magnet, Marsipanic, Bricker John, Firesafe, FS Abero, Geo Rick, Cash Attic Mel, Geocaching Janji, The Geocaching Junkie, Sir Dremelot, Janice, Tricasius, Tom Frey, Rugles, The Bruce Zero, EGK PBR, Casamaya, Master Sergeant USMC and our new patrons, Little Gears and Albedo 0.39. I always laugh at that last one. That's a crazy geocaching name. Albedo 0.39. He has a good story about that. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash talk for more details. Patrons get path tags, coins, other geocaching swag during the year, as well as invites to special events only for patrons. And we just had one of those this past Wednesday, and uh, it went really well. Oh, and we got somebody. What's going on here? We got somebody who just joined the show. Um, uh, looks like it's uh, looks like it's Jesse. Jesse, what what's going on tonight? I am uh, in Woodward, Oklahoma, doing some research for our show in two weeks, the road trip show. Oh, excellent! My my crazy caching buddy here, Verisor from Colorado. Excellent. If you can see behind me, there's a big W feature there. Yeah. It's virtual. Um, so we decided to do some research for our upcoming show. We've gone 1,400 miles so far in the last couple of days. Wow. Found 600, 600 caches, caches uh, 30 counties, and uh, we got about 12 hours of driving left before we get back to Colorado. <laughs> That's <laughs> 
That's incredible. We're drive through the night, but we've learned a lot, and uh, we learned that rental cars, rental car companies, should not rent to geocachers. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> They're going to lose more than their ninety bucks on this one. We a lot of bunch, a lot of stuff that we didn't even know from our past trips. Cool. Uh, so it, we should have some good information for a couple shows from now, but. It's uh, very cold out here, and I just wanted to check in for a minute. And we are at a virtual right now, if you can see it. Yes, we can. Is that, the that's police a... have already come by in this little small town once. Leo. So we're not going to stay out here very long. Right. So they come back around. Now, uh, is that a new virtual, or is that an, an old one? No, this is an old virtual. It's been here okay. for a long time. It's actually pretty cool. It's a time capsule and uh, a big statue based on uh, some, some history stuff from here. But um, I'm not going to give it away, but... Yeah, uh, pretty cool, and we're three quarters of the way through this road trip. So, wow, uh, that's awesome. Hate that we can't join tonight for the full time, but uh, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. So, well, we, we got I mean, no disrespect to Woodward, Kansas. I mean, Woodward, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> We've been in a bunch of states recently, so I get kind of confused. It's a small, uh, small town. Well, go ahead. I just wanted to jump in real quick and say, hey, and uh, I'm looking forward to I'll try to get in the chat room if possible, but we're pretty much in the middle of nowhere. So right. <laughs> this is the only service I've had for a while. So it can take you to good some crazy, have good crazy show, places. So we'll get out of here and bring all the information back for two weeks from now. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye bye. Yeah. Yeah, he, wow. is, he isn't kidding. That is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I'm looking at it on the map. They do have a Hampton Inn there. I mean, they can't be that small. They're not too they're not too bad. They have a La Quinta and a Hampton Inn and a Candlewood. <laughs> All right. Perfect. That's not a water park. Let's not go there. Well, they have a water park. Oh, that'd hey. be great this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. This is perfect. Uh, being, being in January for the show. Uh, yeah. Um, so good to have Jesse on. Well, let me, let me, uh, round that out by uh also uh introducing uh sydney to the show good evening everyone thanks sydney for being on and um uh we we're sad to see you go we're we're so uh thrilled you're able to join us for one more one more time mm-hmm. awesome and then um well, we're going to jump right into show 84 for January 28th. Uh, welcome back to the show, Chris Ronan, a.k.a. Rock Chalk. And her first time on Geocache Talk, actually her first time on a podcast, Nicole Gendro. Hi. Welcome to, to the here. show. Yeah, well, Thank thanks, for, thanks for you guys being on. I really appreciate this. Um, yeah, um, we'll talk later about Chris's first uh, first time on the show. It was an interesting um, discussion we think we had. But first, we're going to get some news. And if you guys would, um, feel free to jump in and comment uh, when we go through the news events. So don't feel like you, you're excluded. This is sort of a uh, all four of us can, can talk about them. And we're going to start with the first one, which is um, this weekend we did the Australia Day events uh, this past weekend, which... Mm-hmm. I've heard some cool stuff about pe- what people have done uh, during this time. They made Australian sort of uh, regional treats uh, that were that were done that usually are, are eaten in Australia. And I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of cool things that were done. And uh, hats off to you guys at geocaching.com for come up with another one of those. Um, um, what do we call that? What's uh, I guess it's uh it's signal signal comes to, mm-hmm. 
I guess yeah, one of the signal events. Yeah. We're yeah. We're, yeah. We're in the world of signal. signal, which is a great idea. Cause it really does get to highlight like last year we did Canada. Uh, this year was Australia. Was there some others I'm forgetting? There was Germany as well. Was there? Doing okay. Stock. Yes. 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 <laughs> which was, uh, around here in Texas, there was events for that. And people are like, why are we doing an event on Thursday? In the, you know, so that was fun because we got to all sort of experience these different things. I like that. That was a cool idea. Uh, Chris, I assume that was your idea. Uh, yes. Uh, all Take good it. ideas here emanate from me and anything that's bad is Nicole's idea. You weren't supposed to tell me. No, that, that's, that's the marketing team that tries to come up with various promotions that, uh, that we will enjoy uh, doing. And, and it also... Uh, the the signal campaign it it uh, also shines a light on some of the other countries in the world and uh, and like with Germany you know a lot of people what's 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 Donnerstag so they they go and they 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 learn a little something about I a, learned about, about it I didn't she's know. from there and she still learned something. oh sweet and, yeah uh, I've, I've, so yeah like you what I what I've what mm -hmm. we've seen is that uh, with a lot of these events like just using Australia as an example you're seeing people working facts and figures into their cash pages and and just trying to learn something about the country that they can work into the event somehow which is which is really neat to see oh yeah absolutely you know something we talked about before the show was the fact that one of the things that geocache talk really prides itself on and really works toward is to really give our international people sort of the different international flavor we've had on people from many different countries uh you know norway and we have our aussies that are down there that we had them on recently to talk about australia and and kind of preview this event but um, um something i've missed and i need to go back to when we were talking uh, you were talking about um Nicole, uh, being on the show, where she's from, I'm gonna let's step back a minute, uh, Chris. If you would introduce Nicole and, and and everything and what she does, and she can tell us what uh, everything about that. So let me step back. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So this is Nicole. Hey, Nicole, Nicole. What do you? I'm not sure what you do here. What do you do? <laughs> no. Nicole's awesome. She what joined us two years ago? Little two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. Uh, as part of the community volunteer support team and uh, is a native of Germany. And I forget how many languages she speaks. So oh, awesome. uh, ask her how many languages she speaks and then she can just take it from there. Is yeah. it five? Tell us a little about yourself, Nicole. Is it five languages? Um, yes. I, five languages. That's all crazy. <laughs> I'm working on Spanish. Be yeah, six. Spanish isn't even one of them. It's That's like... Even, right. <laughs> Yeah, so I am uh, I am originally from Germany, okay. born and raised, but my mom is actually from Russia, so I spent uh, a lot of my time as a child in Russia with my uh, family there and my grandparents, and so I grew up with two languages already, so I had that head start. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and um, people wonder yeah, what the I, what are the five languages, Nicole? Because people are going to be uh, asking. Okay, so it's it's English, German, Russian, French, and Mandarin Chinese. Oh what? wow! That's awesome. Yeah, I always had a affinity for languages. I was always interested in it. And uh, when I was, I didn't have good grades in French. My parents were like, let's send you to a host family in France. And the host family ended up being um, half Chinese, half Vietnamese. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> so I started <laughs> learning Chinese characters. 
And then I ended up studying it in university and uh, I lived in China for a little bit and worked there before. I met my husband in Shanghai and he is from the United States. And so we both moved to Seattle um, three years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Peter uh, with IB Geocaching is he's actually putting stuff in the chat room that I can't even read. So you're gonna have to translate for me. To, uh, he goes to Kiev a lot. So yeah, that, he, I think he does. It must be Russian or something. Yeah, it looks Russian from the uh, and so. No idea what it says. Yeah, you're gonna have to, Peter. Just put in the chat room what those. Uh, it looks Russian, so that's great. So, uh, um, so yeah, so like, so having somebody, yeah, with with all of this language ability, I mean, it's it's really fantastic for Geocaching HQ, and uh, especially Nicole being on the CBS team when she when she joined us uh, added so much because uh, you know most of what we get with appeals and so forth is in English, but uh, Germany is obviously a huge geocaching country and right. it's so important to, I mean, yeah, you can use Google translate and that'll, but that only gets you so far. I mean, it's so valuable to be able to have somebody that can truly understand the stuff, that's, the nuances of, of the, of any kind of communication. So uh, mm-hmm. we, we, we tend to, I think maybe overload her every so often with, <laughs> with <laughs> us, with, but now we have another, uh, uh, Sven, who has been in our visitor center for the last year or so, Sven is now uh, joining uh, the uh, the appeals team as well. So we'll have a couple of people in there every day that that are German uh, natives, which is which is really helpful. But uh, beyond that, now Nicole has recently moved uh, to become the lead of the of the CBS team, which is which is really awesome, and it just kind of speaks to how much she has added uh, to the company over the last two and a half years. And she's a huge casher too. How, how many now? How many have you found? Um, well, it's 26 more since yesterday. So <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm somewhere over 1,800 now. Yeah. I don't know exactly. Oh, great. Yeah, she she like came in the day and she was like, yeah, I was out with mountain bike all day. And I'm like, God, I feel lazy now. I wasn't, out, <laughs> I wasn't doing enough, you know? But no, it's, which is, so it's not, not, not only great that she brings all these skills, but she's really passionate about caching, which is, which yeah. is really great. And let's talk about that. Stop talking about me. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So it was Privet, which I guess means hello. Privet. Yes. Privet. Yeah. So uh, actually, Привет my wa- Whoa. There you go. It's a slippery slope, Gary. We're, we're I know. Be, this whole thing is going to be in Russian. Russian. Too that's long. fine. <laughs> we could do a whole here. Sh- yeah. Well, I have to have her back on. We do a whole show that way. We could. We'll have a great time. Um, uh, no. Uh, yeah, very cool. Well, thanks, Nicole, for being along to tackle some of these questions that we're going to get to, um, and we're going to get to them here in a second. I just want to mention a couple things real quick in our also in our notes. Um, we have a new blog post. We have a new blog manager. So uh, Angie she goes by Geocaching Janji because um, with her husband, it kind of is a name put together. But uh, go check out on uh, Geocache Talk. Uh, in the blogs, go read the uh, her first one uh, that she is. She wrote her first, and then she's just going to kind of manage it from then on. So she might read more, re- write more. But if you'd like to be um, a blog um, uh, writer or blog uh, participant with us, uh, you can send us an email, geocachetalk at gmail.com, and we'll get you in touch with her, and you could uh, help uh, with um, 
you could uh, submit a blog and we could uh, have that on the website as well. And uh, it'll be in the show notes, but we've got some uh, AMS Travel Sales is one of our other uh, sponsors. Um, they're having a uh, Savannah, Georgia weekend uh, St. Patrick's Day special that's going on. And uh, the cool thing about AMS Travel Sales, one of our one of our uh, uh, sponsors is that he's a avid geocacher. And so a lot of his trips and cruises are all uh, very heavily uh, incorporated into the the um, the tour and the travel and the geocaching. So we really appreciate them being aboard. And then um, the FTF magazine came out this week. So check that out. Um, Keith is one of our uh, FTF magazine is also one of our sponsors. And they have some cool stuff in here about trackables. Something we talked about uh, re, uh, the other uh, earlier about. Um, so anyway, enough of all that. Um, let's get right into the questions because that's what people are here to here to do and here to um, ask, probably ask some of them. But before we get to the new questions, we want to kind of look back a little bit at last year. And we want to start with something that um, we all have questions about, Chris. And so I'm, I'm, I think this is going to be a good conversation. But last year we had the Friend League came about and um very cool um from from our perspective we talked about it on the show uh, quite often better you know and um i think uh the consensus right sydney is i think we all we all liked it oh, i think we all liked the um uh, the concept and um you know it was something something new which we're always um we always like but from geocaching.com's perspective how do you feel like that friend league went well, we think it went really well. I mean, just based on the just based on the feedback that we've gotten from the community, right? You know, friendly. It actually started off as a very small project. It wasn't something that was that was kind of on the big roadmap, and 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 it, it just kind of came up as something that somebody worked on, and we just wanted to put it out there and see what people thought of it. And then once we knew, I mean, you hate to put a whole lot into something and then find out everybody hates the concept of it and, <laughs> right. and then have to pull it all back. I mean, we've had to, like, you, you think about not challenge caches, but challenges. I mean, oh, back yeah. in the, I mean oh, yeah. stuff like that, where you put a whole lot of work into something and you, f- whole teams work on it for months and months, and then it just doesn't land. And so uh, friend league started off as more of a, more of a small project. We said, okay, let's, let's put it out there and see if we can, working into one of the promotions, which we did with the whole Mary Hyde thing last summer. Yeah. And, and people seem to really like it. And so now our, our teams are, are chatting about what the next steps are with that. And what I would say is that uh, people should keep an eye on the geocaching newsletter here in the next several weeks, because I think you'll, you'll probably see something related to friend league before too long. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, Because one thing was kind of, I don't think it was even, I don't think you guys even mentioned it, but what was interesting was that it was just, it kept hanging around. So it was like, Mm -hmm. ooh, it's still here. It's like, oh, it's like, what what are we going to do with it now? This is really cool. So it's kind of, without saying anything, it kind of, uh, for us, it kind of gave us more of a, um, sort of a mystery of, oh, so what are we going to do with it this time, you know? And um, 
so that was kind of fun. But um, uh, even last year was kind of another kind of interesting thing was if you you completed Mary Hyde and I love uh, and I think we we actually talked about this on the first show we did together. But the summer promotions or the summer events have been a lot of fun. I, I've really enjoyed uh, all the different ones that we've done. Um, but last year's actually came with a prize. You actually got something other than uh, you know souvenirs, which I love the souvenirs. Um, as I've said before, Susan loves the souvenirs because you don't have to dust them. So, uh, um, but this, this last year you actually had like a physical prize giveaway, you know, a little, uh, so do you feel like that, was that a one-time thing or do you think it might occur again? Well, that's, I think, I think everything's on the table. Um, okay. the way, the way the marketing team looks at things is they run one of the promotions. They look at the engagement numbers. They, uh, you know, just is it something that people enjoyed? And if it is, you try to take the aspects of it that were that that worked, and hopefully try to work it into something in the future. Um, and, and one thing that they're very sensitive to is not just doing the same thing over and over again. Um, we, I've, I, I can't give details about it, but I've I've seen some stuff about a project that's coming Possible. up here mm-hmm. that that I think is really cool oh, and. Cool. Uh, and I'm not one to just say stuff's really cool. I mean, there are times when I think stuff's just, eh, it's okay, it's fine. Yeah. But this one I'm actually kind of intrigued by. So <laughs> I I think uh, I, I, I think they've been doing a really good job of coming up with stuff that hopefully appeals to as wide of a range of people as possible. And that's one of the trickiest things about oh, mm-hmm. doing geocaching promotions. As you guys know, the community is such a wide spectrum of interests and right. uh you know, craziness levels vary. I mean, some people are off the charts. Some people are more sane about how they right. how they play. So, so, what our folks try to do is find something that can appeal to as as far across that spectrum as possible. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's a tough. I always think about that. It's got to be a tough challenge because whatever you guys do, somebody's going to hate it <laughs> just because right. of the fact that it's huge, you know? And so, um, you just have to live with that and you have to kind of like, you, I, I know, you know, Chris, you guys go through this, what appeals to most and that, that kind of, uh, as far of a wrap up to friend league is, uh, we had one other question that came in, uh, actually today, which was this idea that, um, is there a chance that, maybe not necessarily this summer, but in, in some of these um, type of activities, is there been discussion or thought about trying to uh, broaden the, um, the expanse of it so that somebody like uh, our, our buddy Sodak Zach, who's a, you know, just crazy competition man, or Jesse's a really big in a competition to make like levels, like a, the summer fun thing could be like, there's an easy level, there's a moderate and then there's a hard level. Is there some, some thought to maybe trying to give it more of a sort of level type thing? Yeah. I mean, I know that's something that they, that they definitely talk about and you know, how it'll work out in the future. I, I can't say for sure. I just know that that is part of the conversation. Um, you know, again, it's it, there's kind of that fine line. You you want it to be something that that is attainable for people. You mm-hmm. like you don't want to put something out there that only the really hardcore people can get. Sure. But at the same time, you also want those people to have something of a challenge too. So um, 
Yeah, I know. It, I mean, it really is always part of the conversations, and uh, it's one of those challenges that that mm. the the marketing folks who are the ones that are that are usually the lead on these uh, summer promotions. It, it's definitely one of the things that they're always talking about. Okay, very cool. And last year we saw the virtual rewards. That was something I totally did not even see coming. It was like I got the email that day that these things are coming out, and I was like, whoa, I didn't even see this coming. Um, what has been the reaction of people with the with the new virtual rewards? Um, we've seen a lot of uh, excitement around it, a lot of good reactions. People are um, definitely seeing uh, kind of like that the new ones are like very like quite good examples of virtual so with a with a new set of guidelines that came with that i think um that allowed people uh, to focus on uh, creating really exciting things um and so far um yeah and, well and I, th I i i think too that when somebody received one of those virtual rewards that there's a a feeling of almost responsibility that mm -hmm. you you want to use this for something really good and not just you know a, a very basic thing so we're seeing some very creative stuff and and um as nicole said some really interesting stuff around the world which is which is really cool right very mm -hmm. cool so so far there's been i think about 1100 out of the 4000 um so not even quite halfway i think basically because of what you just said chris people are trying to come up with something really creative I know a lot of the people in my area that got one, they haven't done it yet because they're just trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, is there any sort of reminder going to happen? Because once the year runs out, you just can't can't do anything with it anymore. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, there there will be a couple of reminders. There will be one probably around February, mid-February, mid which will be about six months since the announcement. And then there will be another one later in the year. And what that will be is that uh, there will be a note posted on the cash page, which will you know trigger a notification to those people that own those listings. And so, yeah, they'll have a couple of of reminders that time is starting to run out a little bit right. and, and that they need to get on it. And, you know, the other factor that uh, project was announced, what, August 24th, I think, was of last year. So, you know, it was smack in the middle of, you know, late summer, early fall, and now it's winter here in the Northern Hemisphere. And, you know, a lot of folks are hibernating from caching a little bit. So I, I, I think we'll probably see uh, a little bit of a run on those come springtime, uh, mm -hmm. at least here in the Northern Hemisphere. Maybe a little uh, more, I don't know, adventure caches where, where you have to like climb a mountain or these kind of trips that maybe people do rather in the spring and summer and because they have to visit those locations to get the coordinates now, yep. they maybe put this kind of, these kind of trips off. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's good because one thing we did notice is there are some tough, there are some, some uh, difficult terrain and difficult uh, virtual caches that have been added. So I think that's kind of cool to give it a variety, you know, not just the same thing. So uh, I think you're right, Nicole. I think we're going to see people who are like, oh, I want to go. I think I want to do this virtual cache, and, but we can't get to it right now kind of thing. So very mm -hmm. cool. Is there any plans to maybe add additional virtual rewards to more people or no? Uh, there's nothing set in stone right now. Either way, we, I think, want to see how this thing plays out. 
through the course of the full year before deciding uh, what might happen in the future. But I think that when we announced it, we said, hey, you never know why, what, what might happen in the future. Mm-hmm. We have an ongoing goal to try to continue to encourage uh, great cash ownership and quality caches and all that stuff. And this was one small way to, to try to recognize some of uh, the top hiders around. So um, if we get to the end of this and we feel like it's gone well and that people have enjoyed it, then, you know, who knows? Maybe we could do something like it or that something that, incorporates pieces of it in the future mm-hmm. very cool um as i kind of mentioned earlier chris uh, chris was uh, gracious enough to be on my show number seven so i'm sure chris was like uh well we'd been on before with cash release so it's kind of uh it was fledgling and i really appreciate chris uh jumping on it's like uh, you know, it was it was neat because we we did a, a recorded show, uh, and I encourage everybody who hasn't heard it yet. That, in my opinion, was was a was a great show. Uh, we do this every week, so you know, every, you know, not every show is maybe fam, you know, fabulous. I kind of think they're pretty good, but uh, that one I really enjoyed because it was fascinating to hear you going to Brazil to the Project Ape Cash and. I don't know if that was a, just a fun conversation about, you know, the whole process you went through. And I mean, that's still, still something somebody could do. Uh, and I think there's a lot of good, you gave a lot of good tips on that, uh, trip. Uh, one of them being, of course, when you get down there, don't forget to change your filters because if you start to, <laughs> if you start to walk out to the cache and you can't see it on your, uh, GPS cause you filtered it out. So I had forgotten about that until you just said that. I, yeah, that I, I remember walking on the trail. We had, you know, we stayed in a little cabin there on the at the park, and it's like a mile walk from the cabin to the to the ape cache. And like halfway there, and I looked, pulled up my GPS, and I'm like, "Where is it? I don't, I don't have it on my, I don't have the listing on my GPS." <laughs> and so, fortunately, the guy I was with, who is uh, a geocaching volunteer, he's one of the forum moderators. He lives in Brazil he had been there several times. Right. So he's like, well, I think I can get us to the general spot, which he, right. which he did. And then we found it. But yeah, that, Oops. that was almost a really embarrassing moment. Right. Right. No pen. Yeah. That's, that'd be my luck. Uh, but uh, brings me to my question though, is um, when we did that uh, show, yeah, we had no idea yet that we would even have the possibility of a resurrected Project Ape Cash. So, how did that pro? With, and again, we've we we don't want we could spend hours on this topic. I, I understand, <laughs> but give me sort of a uh, brief um, viewpoint from from you guys as far as how you thought that the process went of resurrecting uh, the Tunnel of Light Ape Cash. Well, from from our standpoint it went extremely well. Uh, we wanted it to be something that the community was involved in deciding what would happen with it once, once it was rediscovered. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a big decision to unarchive a, a cache that had been an archive for as long as that one had, it was a, a pretty big exception to make. And we wanted the community to be on board with it. We had a pretty good idea that they would be, <laughs> but, right. uh, but, but, but we still, really wanted it to be a, a decision that was made not just by HQ, but we wanted the community to, to have a voice. And and then 
once it was reactivated, uh, the the eight mega was just super exciting to see how pumped people were to be finding that cash. It was it was it was and 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 even since then, I was just looking at the logs today mm -hmm. on that cash page, and people are still going out there in the snow, um, uh, which is <laughs> which is more than I think. I I'm not sure if I would be doing that or not, but. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I probably would. I probably would. But um, but yeah, so, you know, it's I, I think I think it's been a win win all around. I think people have really enjoyed it. And and, and like you said, if if uh, ho hopefully folks are still going to be going down to Brazil, too, because that's that's a whole different experience. And, you know, e even with there being the the reactivated one, there's still only two of them in the whole world. So um, I have a feeling that a lot of people are still going to be making their way down to uh uh, Sao to Paulo. the, yeah, to the, to, to the one outside of Sao Paulo. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, just, uh, incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, just, it, it was a fascinating process from, 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 from our perspective was be able to vote and kind of watch the, you know, kind of debate, you know, should this come back, should it not come back and so forth. So it was, it was fun from our perspective as well. So, um, so we're going to get to some guideline questions. We're kind of moving forward now. Um, and we're going to ask, um, different ones and, you know, we'll see how this goes. So, uh, one of them is about, um, Geocaching containers and physical stages of different caches must be at least 0.1 miles, 528 feet, or for those in different parts of the world that you would use meters, which is probably the rest of the world for the most part, <laughs> it's 161 meters apart. Are there any plans or discussions to lower the hide radius to half what it is right now? Uh it has been discussed. I mean, the the radius is discussed and has been over the course of years. There there aren't any imminent plans to lower it. You know, of course, we know that there are places where saturation is such that it would really be helpful if it was dropped to eighty meters or you know two hundred and sixty feet, whatever. Right. Um, but there is also a lot of benefit to having that radius be where it is, mm -hmm. uh, especially as we have discussions with land managers all over the world, especially the ones that aren't necessarily familiar with geocaching. Right. Sometimes they'll look at the map and they'll be kind of blown away a little bit by how many caches are in their park or on their lands that they manage. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really beneficial to them to know that there is some sort of a, okay, there, there's this thing that's in place to keep these crazy caches, again, from their standpoint, <laughs> these crazy caches, from totally overtaking the area that sure. they own or manage. So so there is a lot of benefit to it the way that it is, but certainly it's one of those things that we're going to continue to be mindful of and and keep having that discussion. You know, you never know what might happen over time, but as of right now there there are no plans to change that right now. Okay. Well, good. I'm I'm I think from us that are sort of a pro lower it because of various reasons you know for me locally um it'd be nice if we could uh there's some places i think would be since i have the parks department in my town who mm -hmm. encourage encourage it i've kind of got the right. opposite problem it's like can y'all put more caches in these parks it's like well i can't i can only fit so many so right. uh right. so you know but I, I i appreciate that you guys are at least kind of 
keeping that as a, you know, as a discussion point. So. All right. Our next question is from Jesse because he really loves where I go cashes. Loves. Love loves where I goes. Where I goes. Um, he, he wanted to make sure we asked this question. Um, in the guidelines, there's a note about uh, where I go. Posted coordinates must be the same as the start at coordinates on where I go.com cartridge or within two miles of the final for play anywhere and reverse cartridges. Basically, uh, Jesse's question is, he wants to have a where I go where the hike is more than two miles. Um, so he wants to like start at the bottom of a mountain and then you have to hike 2.53 miles up a mountain, but it won't let him do that because of this restriction. So uh, when we, um, we tested that out actually, because uh, the website right now doesn't restrict that. Because he was he was having trouble with it, because it, it wouldn't let him, you know, work it with the waypoints or whatever. It just wouldn't let him. I don't know if it was just a, a bug on the website or or what. I don't know all the details because Jesse's not here, unfortunately. Yeah, and you might because like like Nicole said, uh, we had looked into that a little bit and tried messing around and couldn't get it to restrict us yeah. so okay. you might have jesse write in he could write it to attention of me or nicole and we could try to help him troubleshoot it to see if we can figure out what might be going on there um, if he tells the steps he's doing or like screenshots are helpful but if if he just like writes what problems he's running into we can look into that and find out what's okay what's going on there jesse if you're listening i hope you are <laughs> um and I think that's a good segue. I'm gonna I'm gonna move a question up a little bit because it kind of fits in this little in this little spot. But uh, something we kind of talked about before the before the show, and and it's come up. I think um, in people I've, I've talked to, um, and so Chris, if you would kind of or even in Nicole as well, um, the preferred process if you disagree with say how a cache is either created or published or any kind of Disagreement. I think people are are um, kind of maybe either confused or not sure whether they should what they should do or can they appeal and what what the the, the process I think is helpful if you guys kind of explain it maybe a little bit more about about that. So it's a question if someone finds a cache and they're wondering about it. Or no, I think uh, the question it? is if you're submitting a cache for publication and the yeah. reviewer is a disagreement and you come to an impasse. Okay. Do you have a, a process for arguing that? Right. Yes. So um... no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I... I'm just kidding. Yes, we do. I know. Okay, what is that? <laughs> so um, uh, anyone can write to appeals at geocaching.com or go to our help center and fill out the form and select the category appeals. Mm-hmm. And that comes to our team and we look at each uh, email individually and each situation is kind of unique. Like it's uh, not possible generally to answer very broad questions. What if this, like it's always depends on the region, the situation and like how is the cache set up? And so uh, when COs have uh, come to an impasse with the reviewer, they can write into us and then we will um, either decide uh, is this something that... Uh, well, um, like we can give an exception on, or um, is there maybe some recommendation we can give how the cache design can be changed so that it does fit the guidelines. And then we 
kind of work with the CEO and the volunteers to find an agreement that hopefully everyone is happy with. Yeah. Yeah. And there's what, five of us, six of us that are in there every day. Um, seven, is it seven. <laughs> Chris is looking at there, Nicole right there's now. There's a number of us, there's a number of us in the room and, and you know, and I'm, I, however many it is, right. <laughs> there's, it's not just me and Nicole. There's more than just us. And, uh, and, and so we can have a, a just, you know, there are often differences of opinion, even within our group, as we look at things and try to hash it out and figure out, uh, how to interpret the guidelines because it isn't always black and white. There is a lot of gray uh, in the guidelines and ultimately the goal is to get a cash published. So uh, I know some people are leery of, of appealing because they're worried that, Oh, you know, I don't want to make the reviewer feel bad or whatever, but, but reviewers want things to be done correctly and they want to see caches published too. So most of the time it's an educational experience for them as well. And, uh, yeah, so there's yeah. there's definitely that outlet for people if if once they've gone as far as they can uh, with the discussion with the reviewer and they both have decided eh, this we're at an impasse here, then the the appeals process is there for you. Right. So I I think um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the idea is you need to have that discussion with the reviewer. And I think um, I've noticed over the years that. Um, there seems to be more uh, dialogue that you can have with the reviewer and kind of go back and forth a little bit about discussion. And then I kind of look at it as more of a, um, I'm not trying to go over the reviewer's head. Maybe I'm trying to appeal to that person and saying, is there, is this an okay time at this point? Can we go ahead and can I go ahead and put the, you know, make an appeal kind of, get them on board in a sense to say, you know what, I'm not going to go over your head, but I do want, is it at a point now where I can go ahead and ask for maybe uh, another set of eyes to look at it? Does that make sense? Yeah. Or? I mean, that's, that would be a much better way than the alternative, which <laughs> is some people, right. Which is totally wrong about this. I'm going to go to appeals and it's <laughs> right. just, chill out. let's just all be adults here. And, <laughs> right. and Take that initiative and say, hey, it looks like we can't come to an agreement. Here's the email address or here's how you fill out that form online. And let's just send this to headquarters. Yeah, and sometimes you'll see reviewers say, gosh, you know what? This is such a unique situation. I've never seen this before. I'd really like to hear what the appeals team thinks about this. So, yeah, it it, it can be a it doesn't have to be, a, you know, a. a uh, a lot of animosity and, you know, it can be a really healthy process and, and it can be something that helps us to, again, look at something that's in the gray and, and try to uh, come to some sort of a consensus on how to go forward with it. Right. Very cool. All right. We got a couple questions about events. Um, in the new guidelines, there's a, a rule about events can't be held in or near transportation centers, such as airports, cruise ship ports, or train stations. Um, I think people are looking for a clarification on what is near, like how far away from, you know, the cruise ship port do you really have to be to have an event there? Because, you know, I know a lot of people go on these cruises and there's not a lot of caches near where they go. So they, they'd like to have an event. Um, so maybe you could clear this up a little bit for people. 
I think uh, looking at the, the reason why this guideline um, is in place uh, helps with understanding what near might mean, because it is different for the, like, what kind of transportational terminal is it, um, and in which area it is, like a subway could be seen as a transportation terminal, mm -hmm. uh, just as an airport, and they're very different. And so um, part of um, the reason is, uh, can be security, like at airports, uh, if, like, um, there's an icon on the map and a security person uh, from the airport sees it that could be worried what, what that what that might mean. Uh, I don't know if I <laughs> explained that very well. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, certainly airports are oftentimes uh, kind of on one end of the spectrum. And then because most airports are not great places for geocaching events. Absolutely. Um, but you might have a train station that also isn't a great place but then there could be a train station like nicole being from europe can probably speak to the fact that oftentimes train stations there are restaurants and places yeah. where people get together and it could potentially be an okay place for not just maybe a good place for a geocaching event so it does vary quite a bit and events mm -hmm. are supposed to be uh, social they are uh, meant for geocachers to meet other geocachers and if um someone is doing an event at an airport or a train station that is out of town, then who but travelers will go there? So it's, it's not a good, um, like the intention in that case is in most cases not to actually get people to attend, but uh, like we've seen can, um, situations in the past where someone will try to do a, an event at every single train stop, for example, where they, they go just to get uh, the, the smileys on the map. Mm -hmm. right. And right. that is not in the spirit of the event guidelines that uh, encourage the social aspect of geocaching. I agree. Uh, I, I totally see the, the airport thing because I've been in lots of airports and they're really strict, at least here in the US. And uh, even if you're you're looking a little funny, then you know, you're gonna probably get in trouble. Um, but I, I've heard a lot that the train stations in Europe are actually popular places to have events. Like they, they host a series of events there throughout the year and there's restaurants and there's, you know, people milling around. And so I think, you know, you got a couple different ends of the spectrum there. It really depends on, it sounds like what your what the specific area is. And so it would be up to a reviewer in that case, correct? Yeah, it's up to the reviewer to know the area and 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 to be able to make decisions that are right for that area like you said there are, there are going to be places in one part of the world where a train station is totally different than a train station in a different country or in a different part of the world so so there is some flexibility there um those those guidelines are 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 there to uh you know again guide people but yeah. They, they, they can't be black and white and apply to every situation in the whole world. You know, it's just there's there's going to be some uh, regional differences for sure. Right. So, I mean, really, in this case, it was it's and I agree now with what you've said. I think this is that in this case, it was probably good that it was it was sort of left a little ambiguous because in this particular case, there is um, the possibility of of there being regional differences, like you said, Chris. Okay, and recently, uh, events are now required to be a difficulty one. Uh, there's been quite a bit of 
conversation about this. I think mostly in regards to CETO events where you're doing maybe a more strenuous activity, like say building a bridge. Um, so is there, I mean, what's the thought of you guys about a CETO event in that case where you are doing something more difficult? I think the way we see it is if you attend an event uh, or a CETO, um, you get the smiley, you get the attended log for attending not for the activity necessary and often these kind of activities are optional like if i didn't bring my hammer and i can't participate in building that bridge at that CEDO, can i still uh, find an attend uh, login attended uh, i can so this is kind of the reasoning behind the d1 yeah i mean for events in general and CEDOs fall under events the the difficulty is in is is in finding finding the cash you know finding the event and finding a CEDO is not difficult it's, right that, that's why it's a one. Um, and, you know, I'm a fizzy hound and I understand that screws with, <laughs> screws with some stuff. I, I understand yeah. that. Um, but again, yeah, it's, it's about the difficulty of finding it from, from the perspective, from our perspective. So that's why that one difficulty thing gotcha. uh, became part of the cash emission process. Yeah, that makes, makes sense. Um, all right, we're uh, we're getting we're getting through these. We're doing good, I think. Uh, we, we got the chat room is going crazy on lots of different topics, and as you can imagine, even in our our little group, we've got don't change the radius, and the other people are change the radius, no, change the radius. So we've got some <laughs> people going back and forth about that, which is uh, uh, fun to welcome to our world. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody was mentioning about um, reviewers allow, and this is something that I think, and Chris, I'll have you and Nicole kind of comment on, in that they're asking about um, around megas um, and, and now gigas. We know we have now a, a giga about to come out in the U.S., but uh, even around the world with the megas and the gigas, um, there are events that are, Planned either by the person who's sort of, or the committee that's in charge of that mega or other people who are trying to sort of create um, additional uh, events and not necessarily to try to just get another smiley, but they're actually trying to create something additional that's that may be a good idea. But is that something that should, um, if you're planning something around a mega or a giga, what is the process that people, sh is this, is the process just the same or is there something they should do? Should they contact the mega uh, owner or what do you guys think? I don't have the guidelines in front of me. I believe mm -hmm. it's the day before and the day after a, a mega. Um, and the day off has restrictions. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm where it's generally the organizing committee that okay. uh, has the kind of the first option to have an official side event of some sort. And, you know, one of the big reasons for that is before we had any kind of guidelines around that, you would go to a mega and there might be, you know, a half dozen events the day before uh, or maybe the day of, you know, you'd have, lots of people setting up side events. There was really no order to it. 
And what we ended up getting a lot of emails about were from, uh, you know, one of the examples that I remember was there was a, a, a restaurant that had no idea that there was going to be an event oh, at their restaurant. <laughs> Not the, good. The day before a mega event and several hundred people showed up at like, you know, right. seven o'clock on a, on a Friday night and they weren't expecting it. And that, that's not great for the game. No, I mean, not good at way, all. And th that wasn't a one-off deal that had, that's the kind of thing that would just happen because people want to, they want to have fun. I mean, it's, 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 it's not, it's, there's no malice intended. I mean, right. people are setting up events because people like events. Um, so that was part of the reason why was, uh, we wanted to put that in the hands of mega organizers so they could say, okay, let's, let's try to do this in a way that uh, the venues are, are the right venues for right. these side events um, and that they fit in with what's going on with the mega event as a whole. And so, uh, so that's why some of those quote unquote restrictions came into place. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not something where we want to ruin everybody's fun. It's, it's where there've been real world examples of, issues that that were caused and and so therefore we tried to find a way to deal with those right that makes sense yeah um so um what well, another we're going to switch topics i guess a little bit right now we're going to go over to the um the whole challenge challenge caches um and uh, I, I've, I remember the whole process and listening to you, Crystal, about talk about, uh, I think we even talked about this a little bit on the, the show seven, but we, the whole um, moratorium on challenges and then challenges were brought back. And um, how do you feel like that, that now that we've, we're kind of down the road now a little bit into the new, the new challenges, how do we, how do you guys feel like it's gone and, do you feel like that um, there's some, has there been any discussion about like a, maybe an icon for challenge caches or, or uh, how is that whole process kind of going? Has there been more discussion about challenge caches and what we should do or? Well, most, what I would say from HQ's perspective, things have could, because the, the appeals was a big part of it. Right. The number of appeals that were caused before the moratorium, I think we can say confidently that they have generally decreased um, since the new guidelines came out, which, right. which is very positive. Um, what's going to happen is I would imagine sometime here in the next few months, we're going to survey the reviewer community community and see how they feel about things because Appeals was part of it. And then another big part of it was <laughs> the amount of consternation that was caused during the review process. And right. most of what you know right now is very anecdotal. It's certain areas where reviewers are like, yeah, things are fine. Everything's going good. Other places where uh, it's been a little bit more challenging, no pun intended. Right. Um, <laughs> so I think that there will be it's it's going to be very important for us to get some some real feedback from the reviewers before deciding you know what might happen in the future with an attribute or an icon or whatever it might be um or, but generally speaking there's there's been a lot of positive from it i think yeah we we, we feel i think sydney i mean would you agree i think we from our from our perspective of of the people we've talked to and in discussions we've had on the show i think overall i think everybody's pretty happy I think it's 
challenge caches in general are kind of hit and miss. Some people love them. Some people don't care for them. Some people could care less. So I think that's, it's a very kind of niche thing. Um, but from what I've heard, Jesse has had, you know, a lot of luck publishing new challenge caches that he likes. So I, I haven't personally haven't published any. I don't have a great idea for one. So, right. Well, and the, the whole inputting or the whole uh, incorporating a project GC, I think, was also, I mean, don't you, I think you'd agree. Yeah, that's that's one thing I I definitely like to point out is Magnus at Project GC and and all the script writers that that volunteer for Project GC. I mean, those folks have, have been just awesome. And I think what they've... Uh, what they've done and what they've brought to the process has been extremely valuable. And, you know, we're very thankful to them for their participation uh, in this whole thing. Very cool. Yeah. The checkers have been really helpful in at least, you know, even just for me working on them, I can go in there every couple of months or whatever and check it and see what days I still have to find what and all that kind of stuff. So that has been helpful for me just finding them. Very cool. Um, all right, I think we're now gonna we're gonna switch again. So Sydney, we're gonna switch over to another a new another topic. Yes, uh, there were some more questions about gadget caches, um, specifically one about should gadget caches be listed as a traditional cache because it's technically at the posted coordinates, or should it be listed as a mystery cache because it involves some solving aspects to figure it out. Um, that is uh, different from region to region. So some regions have uh, the tradition of uh, posting uh, or listing them as mystery caches and others uh, do the traditional with the attribute. Mm -hmm. um, if uh, questions come to us, we usually recommend doing the traditional with the field puzzle attribute because it's uh, easier to find. You can do pocket query and find the find them. Um, but in the end, uh, if a region always lists those kind of caches as mysteries, then it's got, it would be confusing to suddenly list them as traditionals. Mm -hmm. okay. I think uh, there's some confusion because a lot of times people don't want to go for a puzzle cache because they don't like solving puzzles. And then so people hiding them get the feeling that if I publish it as a mystery cache, nobody's going to come find it. And I want people to come check out my cool cache. So Think that was kind of why that question came in yeah that's a that's a great point and then you know of course we've heard the arguments on the other side which is i didn't realize until i got there that i was going yeah. to you know need uh -huh. a gallon of water or, <laughs> right. yeah. or, a, or a nine volt battery or whatever the case may be um so yeah there's definitely arguments on both sides for that yeah. and as as nicole said our recommendation is traditional with a field puzzle attribute but it definitely can vary from place to place around the world and is there any uh thoughts on so there's a field puzzle where you go to say a sign and you get some information in order to find the cache location that's also a field puzzle technically um is there any thoughts on expanding that to be a gadget cache attribute and a different kind of field puzzle attribute or do you guys just want to stick with them being the same attribute you know that's not something i don't think we've i don't think that's a conversation really that we've had yet that's not to say that we wouldn't um 
to this point, yeah, to, to this point, Field Puzzle has worked, but as gadget caches continue to gain in popularity, uh, who knows? I mean, yeah. I mean that that's one of the things about the game, you know, is it it we've definitely seen a big a big increase in those. I mean, really, I think back to only three four years ago was when they were really starting to to hit, right. and now, gosh, there are so many creative people in the community. You're you're starting to see those a lot more often. So, um, can't say what will happen in the future, but you know, right now it's just field puzzle, but who knows, you know, a few years down the road, it wouldn't surprise me if something else happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of, at least the the chat room, there've been uh, several comments about that, that they really would love to see an attribute for gadget caches. And that's something I think that, correct me if I'm wrong again, Chris, cause I'm tend to be wrong. Uh, isn't that something that uh, maybe, wouldn't be that difficult to add if you're just adding a, an attribute or I don't um, know. Attributes yeah, may... I mean, I'm not an engineer, but just <laughs> in my limited is... conversations around, I mean, an icon is a, is a, is a huge engineering project. I mean, I- icon. Um, yeah. But what about just a, is attributes it, okay. aren't quite as, as horrible yeah. to undertake. But there's usually more to it than, than you would, uh, think like uh, because it touches the database, it needs to be in the mobile app. What about GPS uh, devices? Will they be able to support it? Like there's just all these different parts that are that need to be taken into account. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I used to think, but I mean, before I worked here, I thought, oh, they just create a piece of artwork and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what more is there? And then you get here and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many different places right. that it touches uh, <laughs> throughout the products and with API partners and so forth. So uh, it, it, it tends to be a much bigger undertaking than people would realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got all, like you said, there's so many layers. He's got, um, yeah, like you said, you got iPhone app creators. You got, you got Android app creators. You've got websites, GSAC and project GC and all these different. Um, so, you know, um, Oh, you know, we had discussions one 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 uh, night. We were talking about uh, difficulty and terrain. Let's just add another whole layer. Let's add difficulties up to like eight or something. Let's kind of let's and then when you start thinking about, oh my gosh, geocaching.com would go crazy because it's like, well, if it'd be kind of cool. I mean, I think the community would love to see like something that expanded, but you know. <laughs> It'd be a lot of work. I know. Yeah, and I would also think what would what would happen to all of our stats if suddenly difficulty is eight, then oh, five is perfect. no longer the the dif- most difficult one. But I, I I found I don't know not many, not as many as you. But I found a couple of DNT uh, five caches, right. and now uh, like my stats are completely askew. And can we adjust that? Well, will people go back and like change their difficulties on their past caches to fit the eight scale? Like all these. Oh, it's perfect. Layers. Perfect from our perspective, <laughs> not perfect from y'all's perspective. But it's like, oh, this would be awesome. Like, it changed the grids. We have a new, the fizzy grid would change. And that, oh, it'd be awesome. But yeah, we know it's a little, it'd be a little much. So, <laughs> well, and, and one, one thing I do want to say too, whether it's with any technological changes, icons, attributes, whatever. Yeah. Uh, when I say it's a difficult project, that's not to say that it, we just look at something and say, "Oh, that'd be difficult." No, we're not. We're not going to do that. Sure. It's 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 just to say that it, it's a very thoughtful process. And so when we think about 
a new attribute or a new icon or whatever. Uh, it, it's something that you really have to say, okay, if we do this, we're not doing this yeah. other thing for yeah. the next few months. <laughs> right. So, but again, that's not to say that you you say no to it because of that. It's just something that you have to think about. Yeah. And I think people need to realize that you have to weigh this against, um, like you said, all your other projects, your man hours, the amount of resources that you have. I mean, there's, it's not just flip a switch and we're, you know, and why can't we do this? Cause it sounds cool. Um, but, um, there's more to it. And, um, as we're kind of getting to the end of the show and we're, we'll go through the chat room and look for some, maybe some other appropriate questions. But another one was, uh, since you, we kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, uh, Chris and Nicole, and that is, um, has there been any, is there any possibility or discussions that have been going on about adding another geocaching type? Because I think that, um, the, the virtual rewards from a, I didn't get one, but for, from a perspective of somebody from the sort of the outside looking in is that this is really cool. I mean, this is something that, um, it's bringing back something that, uh, at least on, even uh, even on the way y'all did it, I think made a lot of sense. But um, I don't think we've actually had a new geocache type for many many years, and so I'm w- wondering if you guys feel like that there's a there will be a point as you know where a, a new cache type makes the per- most sense for geocaching.com to to create. Yeah, it, uh, it's one of those you can't read the future kind of a deals, but right. it's it's not that it's not it's totally possible sure. for sure. I mean, if the right thing comes along, the right idea comes along, um, then yeah, it's it's totally possible that if you know we come up with some great idea, or the community comes up with some great idea, and and it makes sense to have a new cash type, then that would be mm-hmm. extremely exciting. I think we'd be excited about it too. Uh, at the same time, we're not going to try to force a square peg into a round hole and just right. put out a cash type just to do it. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so, yeah, if the right thing comes along, that would be super awesome. And we would be really excited about it. Um, I don't know what it is today. But, <laughs> well, but, we, uh, we have a suggestion because we had a whole show on this. But uh, Geocache Talk suggestion was history, a history geoca- a history type. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, that's just our little corner of the world talking about <laughs> a, a, hist- no, a cash that, type. That's, that's so. you're not the first person to suggest it. I mean, it's, it's been, um, it's been bandied about here and there, mm-hmm. you know, one thing that one of the models that we kind of look at that work, well, the earth cash model, right. which, which has worked really well to have yeah. that partnership with the geological society. And we have wondered if there would be a possibility of partnering with a similar organization for something right. like it. Yeah. Um, That's kind of what we, we were talking. We was kind of what our know what that organization yeah. would be because right. you, it's, it's not just a matter of picking one and saying you, you need two to tango, you know, you, you need uh, an organization that sees a benefit in it for themselves, which the GSA does because earth cash is a huge part of their educational outreach. Right. So, that's why the earth caching program is so valuable to them and why we've been able to have this great partnership with them over the last several years. So if we were able to find us a, a, a similar organization for a history cache type, 
I, I think it's something that we'd love to talk about for sure. sure. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of what our stand is on that right now. Right. Yeah. We, we were, we kind of thought the same thing. It's like, well, we would want there to be, like you said, it's sort of in the earth cache um, style. Uh, it would be like history cache, but then it's like, well, we have to find a, a sort of some sort of international, because it's got to be international. It's got to be an international historical type of society. I don't know. We, 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 we kind of we kind of came to, I guess, a dead end, didn't we, Sydney? I don't think we came up with one, did we? That Yeah, I couldn't think of one we try to come up with something like to make a heritage site uh, but again they're they're busy with their own little things so yeah i, I agree with you chris there's uh there's um you know th- there's some definite challenges there but it'd be fun it'd kind of be fun to have some like that yeah and like you know again it's one of those things we would never just throw our hands up and say no but uh if the right thing came along we'd love to talk about it for sure and um, I guess another item from this from the from the chat room, and I know Jesse would if he was on, he would wants to he would love to ask this because um, it's his it's his little uh, favorite, which is where I goes. And so EGK PBR in the the chat room asked about where where's where I go in relation to geocaching.com. Is there going to be an uh, upgrade of some type to? To using it, I know a lot of people use other apps now. Uh, your your I go. There's a few different ones that allow you to build the where I go uh, cartridge. Um, is there any, is there any plans for geocaching.com to upgrade their where I go builder or 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 are they happy with things the way they are right now? Yeah, where you go. Thank you, Geocaching well, Adam. Yeah, I don't know if happy is the right word. Um, <laughs> but things are where they are right now is what I would say. Okay. Um, there are no plan, no imminent plans as of today for some big upgrade. Um, our focus right now is on, is on geocaching.com. Um, I mean, there's a lot. We all, we love where I go. There's no question. And I wish we had the, as I've, something I've talked with Brian, Brian Roth about quite a few right. times over the last few years, because I love where I go and, and he does too. And a lot of us do, but, um, you know, right now the focus is on geocaching and, uh, you know, again, it's one of those things you never know. Something might change. Maybe there's a possibility to do something with it in the future, but as of today, uh, you know, the, the best I can say is that it is what it is right, right. now. And, and uh, right. like I said, happy isn't the right word, but, um, yeah, that's, that's the best. I actually, I went, for, uh, John and I went for a couple of uh, where I goes today. That was our focus. Oh, great. Good job. Um, but yeah, I think at this point, uh, it's kind of what we said uh, about weighing things. Like if we were to put in effort in where I go, it would be a lot of time and effort. And that would mean that all the other projects would have to wait. So sure. I think at this point, the other projects are being... Right. I, I think what some people are even uh, for re, or insinuating or suggesting is um, with these different ones is maybe um, geocaching.com could maybe kind of like what they did with Project GC. You know, you guys didn't want to deal with like all the the checker portion of a challenge cast. So you, mm-hmm. you were able to use uh, a, a great resource. Possibly you could – because I think people uh, – 
who are in the community who've been around a while know about where you go and your you know all these different kind of apps but people that don't they go to where i go and they kind of use, try to use the alpha builder and it's a little it's a little harder to use so i'm wondering maybe you know from a strategic point of view geocaching.com sort of maybe could pick one that they feel comfortable with and sort of partner with them and sort of let them point you point to them maybe to do the the cartridge yeah that's it's it's definitely a, a possibility and sure. it's something that i think that um we've had discussions about that over time i know that's something that brian has worked on uh nothing has come to fruition as of yet right. but it's it's not lost on us how much uh, passion there is for where i go in the community cool. among people um and there's enough of us inside the building that that also have a passion for it that we keep kind of banging the drum um oh, good so, you know, yeah. again, it's one of those things where, um, you know, maybe there's a possibility somewhere down the line to make it better or to uh, make it more accessible to people. That's yeah. kind of what I personally, just speaking for myself, what I would sure. love to see, right. because you do kind of have to be a tech head to be able to a little bit find find your way through the official builder. I know that there are there are some others that are a little easier to use, but um, yeah, I would I would personally love to see that. We'll just kind of see what happens. See. I I think the ones uh, the people that listen that are where I get, where I go fans I think are just uh, comforted the fact that you guys love where I goes too. So that's <laughs> that, that helps. Yeah, uh, yeah, we really do. And uh, yeah, you I, even own one or two. I own a couple of them, but I had somebody write them for me. You know, yeah. I just I, I I gave him the story and he he wrote the cartridge. So yeah, I'm not. You could do one. You're totally, oh, yeah. Nicole's like into coding and stuff now. So she's, uh, I should have her write one for me. Yeah. Learn a little <laughs> Lua. Yeah. There you go. I did my first reverse uh, where I go today. Oh, you did? That was exciting. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I published one of those not too long ago. Uh, so, all right, we'll wrap it up tonight. We could talk again for, for hours. I know you guys don't want to do that, but, uh, uh we probably could, we could go on forever, but, um, so I'm gonna go around the room real quick. Uh, Sydney, do you have any last comments before we, I get to the wrap up? Uh, no, it's been definitely interesting to have you guys on, um, and answer all our crazy questions. So thanks for, for joining us. Yep. And then um, Nicole and Chris, what you have any final thoughts? Well, I am very thankful that I was invited to my first ever podcast. Yes, <laughs> it was a pleasure. I was, I was very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not. Yeah, we're the other not... day she said uh, we had had it all scheduled. And then what was it? Friday, she she says, wait, is is it? Is it video? <laughs> I was going to come in my draft onesie. Right. She had, a, doing audio. she had a costume in mind, and I was like, she was really insistent on wearing this costume. And I was like, are you sure about this? And the whole, then I realized, oh, she doesn't know this is on, this is video. Yeah. It's live. Even live video to say that. But when well, recorded, so you get to watch it over and over again. You're on forever now. So. Yeah, don't you wish uh, yeah. you had worn that? Giraffe costume? Role? I do, kind of. Do you? Yeah. yeah, it's a missed opportunity. Maybe next <laughs> I know. time. Next time. It's very cozy. And uh, Chris, as always, uh, thanks for for coming on. Oh, it's always a pleasure, and hopefully, we'll see each other here in a couple months down in Absolutely. Texas. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. looking forward to the. Uh, looking forward to that, and you and I uh, sit down and talk a little bit. And uh, again, always. Um, 
uh, our experience uh, with you guys has been wonderful. Um, and so uh, been very encouraging to us and um, um, just been a good relationship. Uh, and, you know, we get to ask, get to ask you guys some questions and I think it really helps uh because of all the viewers get to kind of get a little bit of interaction. I know you have a podcast and uh, you're on some other podcasts as well. And uh, uh, the first time I saw you, I think it was on gearheads, but uh, I think that that um, the fact that you guys are willing to, to, to do that and be a part. Uh, and I think over, even over the, the years uh, I, th- I feel like that um, there have been, um, uh, such a great relationship with the people, you know, that that that, do, that uh, are involved in geocaching. And Sydney is typing a question right now. So, oh yeah, very good. Um, <laughs> last last question. A last, I thought we were la- done. Darn. A last last I'm question. No, we almost got you out of there. Yeah, you almost could, we almost got I'm you out. Just that close. Uh, it's a real quick question. That is, uh, do you guys have any plans? Uh, I know Chris, you have plans for, for the Texas Challenge, but. Uh, Nicole, or uh, what are y'all's plans for uh, visiting a Megas and Gigas this year? Oh, my plans aren't set in stone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can reveal any of the thoughts on okay. air right now. <laughs> all right, that's fine. Um, that's fine. I'll I'll be. I, I'm just taking vacation time uh, yeah. to go to a few different. I'm going to go to the Yuma event next month. Cool. Um, just gosh, I'll tell you, living in Washington, you just want to go somewhere dry and set <laughs> something for different couple, for a couple of days each month during the winter. I just try to, so it'll be Yuma and then Texas in March. Yeah. Um, in April, I'll, I'll be at MOGA, um, which isn't too far from Kansas city, which is right. in town. Right. Exactly. And some of my old buddies are, are putting that event on. So I'll, uh, I'm looking forward to going back to Nebraska. Um, Gosh. There's two in Washington to make events. Yeah, That's we've got right. Tri-Cities and oh, the 8th event. Actually. Oh, the, yeah, the Geo Coin Fest this yeah. year. So there's three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so right there, there's, yeah, the Geo Coin Fest is pretty much almost in Seattle, just right yeah. down in Issaquah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a number of us will be at Geo Woodstock mm-hmm. uh, sure. in, in, in May. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in going to Going Caching. You've been in yet. Good yeah, the one in Georgia. Georgia, yeah. yep. That's an awesome event. Um so yeah, I even had was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, I wonder what airfare is to <laughs> to, to Atlanta. So um, so yeah, there's there's a lot already, and that's only through the first half of the year. So right, um, and, and US so far, what's that? There was only US. That's right. That's yeah, only, that's, that's that's true. Yeah. But we 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 just had our our drawing the other day to for yep. we had a drawing each year to decide which employees go to which mega events um, for quote unquote official business. Yeah. Um, So you'll start seeing a lot more folks. uh, We didn't win. Yeah. Neither one of us. Oh yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're going on our own dime when you, when you see us out there, but uh, um, yeah. So you'll hopefully see a lot more will attends being posted by staffers here on mega events. And uh, it's, it's just such a, it's it's not it's of course it's fun to go and travel to an event and whatever but the most important part about it is to have a chance to do what we're doing right here and, and right. just talk about you know hear people's ideas and hear what people like and what's maybe any frustrations they might have and and uh, be able to bring that stuff back here and you know it just helps us to do a better job on trying to create products and services that people are going to want to use. 
Sure. Another aspect is when we um, visit uh, megas that are outside the US uh, to see kind of how other countries cash. That is always very, very interesting and uh, often very different. Yeah, we, we, we love talking to the internationals and hearing, uh, hearing their stories about what they're doing. So, but you guys, again, thank you so much for being on tonight and um, for giving us some insights. And I know we, we peppered you with questions. I think Chris, next time uh, we, we need to, we'll schedule you sometime and we're not going to ask you any questions. We're just going to have a good old chat about just whatever. So <laughs> sure, we can do that. <laughs> we seem to have you on. We just kind of uh, grill you, which I don't want to, I don't want to come across that way, but uh, I think, um, yeah, I think overall, uh, you know, it, it's um, been really beneficial for everyone to, to kind of hear. And so um, people are asking about, we were giving away, um, we did a coin giveaway last week and we did a combination. We gave away one live and we gave one away through email. And I got a ton of email uh, for this coin. So I was really appreciative of that. And of course, we use random.org to give away uh, our stuff. It just makes it simpler. And somebody asked earlier, it's like, well, who, come on, who won the coin this week? So uh, this week's winner is um, Gordon Goodall. If I hope I said that right. Gordon Goodall. Uh, he goes by Velocisaurus. Uh, and he is in East Sussex in the UK. So again, oh, there's nice. our international. I know, isn't that cool? So, so we, so we, we lost. Is that? Is that what yeah, y'all, y'all did not win. Are you sure that's not pronounced rock chalk? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're. No luck with drawing this. No year. luck. No luck this week for you two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're uh, again thankful for everybody who did send in their. Um, their answers to last last week's question, and uh, I'll get that information over to Nick at Cashly, and we'll get uh, get your coins sent out. So, all right. Well, coming up on the show um, next week is uh, for those that are not in the U.S. and I always have to remember our, all of our international friends. Uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and which becomes sort of a whether you're a fan of football, U.S. football or not, and uh, it usually becomes sort of an event. Usually there's a party involved, and even if you're like I don't have a I don't have a a dog in the hunt this 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 year, and Sydney doesn't either. I don't think Buffalo will ever get there again. But what? I'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding. They have you, to. You had your chances. You had four chances. You couldn't win one, so you're done. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I know. That's harsh, man. I know that. So New England and Philadelphia this year. So I don't. I'm not really. I could care less about either one of them, but. A lot of people like to go and, and enjoy. So we're not going to do a show uh, next Sunday. But we have something interesting. We're going to do the first ever, and it might be the first ever, and we never see it again, uh, geocaching oracle uh, puzzle. Um, it's going to be kind of a puzzle sort of um, – Oh, you're back. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to do a, a little audio puzzle for people, kind of as a little um, something to provide uh, for that week. So we're just not like, where did Geocache Talk go? They're not even on at all. Uh, we're not going to do anything live. We're going to do something for the, our audio listeners. And for folks that are watching the show tonight, um, you know, definitely stay tuned for that and, and uh, subscribe because we are giving away a coin for uh, whoever figures out the puzzle first next week. So... All you puzzle folks, uh, and if you're not even a, even if you're not a huge puzzle fan, I think you'd like this one because it's not too hard. I don't think so. 
Anyway, week after that, we're going to talk about uh, show 85. Jesse will be back. We're going to talk about road tripping. That's what he's doing. Is he's been doing a lot of research for the trip for the um, this week. Uh, we're going to do a show about road tripping, trip planning. Week after that, we got on geocaching. Janji's going to come on talk about blogs, books, and big skies. I like that title. So she's in South Dakota. So. Uh, we get to hear a little about about the Dakotas. We have a lot of we have a lot of fans in North and South Dakota, a lot of passionate geocachers up there. And then in three weeks, we're going to have a discussion about the Texas the Texas Mega, which uh, Chris is going to make it make it down for uh, show eighty seven. So again, folks, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Please email us your comments at geocachetalk at gmail dot com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at geocachetalk. Uh, mine's at Gary Slinkard, all one word. Jesse's at Memphis underscore Mafia. And even though Sydney is, this is her last show. We're very sad about this. Um, her Twitter is at Shermanator GC. So Sydney, you'll be back though once in a while, right? Sure. Okay. If you can come up with a good, good a good topic, I'll consider it. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So you stop uh, hassling her about Buffalo, man. I know. Yeah. Please. There you go. Right there. She's off. She's done. I'm not coming back on this stupid show. Um, <laughs> and then our Facebooks at facebook.com forward slash geocache talk. Show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, well as the Geocache Talk website. Uh, don't forget to click on the subscribe button below so that you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis. And until next time, don't just talk about geocaching. You need to go geocaching. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.